Welcome back to another episode of Capes and Tights, a comic book and pop culture podcast. That's Adam. I'm Justin. We're back for another episode. Uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife. But before we get started, obviously, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, follow us, Absolutely. search Capes and Tights, website, capesandtights.com, Spotify, Apple, YouTube, all those things. Hate saying those things, but subscribe, rate, review, all that yep. stuff, because that's how we, uh, I was going to say, Adam, that's how we make a living. That's not how we make a living, though. But no, we do this no, for fun, really. But, so right. but, uh, we have a sponsor. It's Roxon Energy Group. No, just kidding. Um, but yeah, so we're here to talk Ghostbusters. So Ghostbusters came out last year, right? Now we can actually say that. It's kind of weird to say because even though we're only a few months, it is weird to say. Last year, uh, November nineteenth, twenty twenty one, that uh, dropped in the theaters, and that was still during. I mean, we're obviously still in this pandemic, but that was during like. Like yeah. some of the like that it was like some of the most treacherous part of this pandemic really with uh, with cases on the rise and things like that and it still did 197.3 million dollars in the box office so i will yeah. say people were excited for ghostbusters afterlife i will i will say they did a great job with cutting the trailers i think um all those things but it hit digital january 4th adam and yeah. i were talking about doing one back on that time we both watched it we were ready some things happened we couldn't do it then yep. we moved it to a different date again things happen. We do this for fun. So we don't let it control our lives. And then now we're finally like, okay, let's do this. Let's get this done and over with Ghostbusters Afterlife. Cause I want to talk about it. I mean, I like the movie. So always fun too. Cause I've had some time to think about it now and that's exactly. always nice. And-, and I didn't watch it a second time, but I did skip through and look at some different parts of it. And I, I did, did watch um, Ghostbusters. Wow. The original Ghostbusters again, yeah. not last week. Like I said, I was going to last week, but I did watch it a little while ago, like a couple uh, minutes of it just to kind of like, that funny the ghostbusters when i was watching it, I, I i have it on in 4k right which is stupid i yep. i think we've talked about this before 4k from the 80s is not 4k from 2021 but uh watching it some of the special effects there's the gargoyles that are on top of the building yes. you can see the lines of the street through the gargoyle and so i thought that was kind of funny like they superimpose these gargoyles on a building that are not really there but then you can yep. see the lines on the street I'm like yeah it's pretty cheap special effects back when the original the Ghostbusters came out, but um, the critics didn't like this movie that much. Adam, sixty-two percent on Rotten wild, Tomatoes, ninety five percent on that, audience score. That tracks with me. And a seven and a half ish on IMDb. So that to me is like, it makes sense to me why I, I think it's more of a fan service movie anyway. Definitely. Um, but uh, when a single mom and her two kids arrive in a small time, they begin they begin to discover their connection to the original Ghostbuster. And secret legacy of their grandfather left behind. That's a little snippet from the internet. But um, I was going to run over the cast, but I'll just say Carrie Coon was great. Finn Wolfhand, McKenna Grace, Paul Rudd was in it. Uh, Logan Kim, uh, Josh Gad was Muncher. I was a little little small spot of uh, J.K. Simmons, which is funny because I wrote the note down when I was watching it. I was like, oh, cool, J.K. Simmons. But I wrote J.K. Rowling. And I'm like, yeah, it's <laughs> definitely not J.K. Rowling. And no, I'm really glad J.K. Nope. Rowling was not in this movie. Yep. That would have been um, a, that would have been a strange connection there. Yeah. <laughs> but uh to do the whole thing spoilers from this point on. Uh Lots we do we, we do see Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, Ernie Hudson came in there, Annie Potts. Uh we'll get into the Sigourney Weaver part because it's kind of fun part. Uh and then uh Ivan Reitman who is the son of what's his name Reitman who did the first one, right? And uh, was yes. There's Ivan, Ivan the son. first one in is Ivan's the son? Yeah. Wow, I had this written down. This is pretty funny. You might be right about that. I, we're I not very we're, I'm, so. Here's the deal: yep. we're a pop culture podcast. We love this and stuff like that. I'm not a Ghostbuster head. 
I am not so like, so yeah, so Ivan Reitman and he actually passed away. That was uh, recently, actually in February, okay. uh, February 12th, Ivan passed away. His son is um, Jason. Jason Reitman. That's yeah, it. So, um, but yeah, so his okay. dad, Ivan, uh, Jason Reitman is the son of Ivan, who was a part of the yes. first team to make the first movie. He made the second movie. Him and another dude were the body devils for the CGI for uh, Egon Spangler. Yes. Uh, because of the passing of Egon Spangler in real life. So uh, that's pretty sad, but glad they were able to introduce that into this movie a little bit. Me too. For sure. I mean, there's, uh, yeah. It's so cool. So those are the list of the characters that are the cast in it. We'll get more into it as we talk yep. about it. The first thing I wanted to start off with Adam on this is I don't want to crap on the reboot quote unquote from a few years ago with the all female sure. cast. Um, the, the world has already crapped on it enough. I don't think they we have. need this year. I will say, I don't want to crap on it because I haven't seen it. I never exactly. watched it. There was no pushing me to see it like when this movie hit the trailer came out i'm like i've got to see this movie yep. when that trailer came out there was nothing saying to me you have to see this movie no it was there wasn't anything selling it it was a reboot of sorts and the reason i'm saying that yep. now and i want to get I this agree. out before we go any further is some movies i believe don't need to be rebooted okay yep. um your back to the futures your indiana joneses to me don't need to be rebooted yep. some reboots are good spider-man homecoming was a great reboot i think batman begins the new Don newer Dawn of the Dead from 04, Ocean's Eleven, the Planet of the Apes movies. I think all of those were great, quote unquote, reboots of their original yes. movies. And those are just some of them. Uh, I mentioned the whole don't need to be rebooted, Back to the Future, Indiana Jones. But if either one of those movies decided to do this route or the Jurassic World kind of route where it's like it's part of the universe, we're just in the future, yep. uh, I would be 100% on board because this is the way you reboot a movie, in my opinion. Exactly. Soft reboot. You connect the worlds together. You don't say those didn't exist. Yes. But now we can move forward with a younger generation. The same thing I said, if, 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 if Doc Brown's kids wanted to reboot or be the yep. part of the reboot of Back to the Future, 100% on board about that. Indiana Jones, yep. if all of a sudden a long lost kid of his wants to be the new Indiana Jones and move on, 100% okay with that. Don't reboot it and do a new yep. Marty McFly or a new Indiana Jones. That's stupid. And that's what they tried to do with the all-female cast uh, Ghostbusters and tried to kind of reboot it. This is a reboot, but it's really a soft reboot sequel. And this is the yep. way to do it, in my opinion. It I is, and it's funny. I, no, I totally do. And I was going to say, actually, my wife and I were talking right before we started, and I came up and was the uh, same as you. I, I haven't seen, full disclosure, mm -hmm. the, the other movie, but I've seen lots of like the reboots and little videos about it. And my one thing I thought was really interesting, I told Annie, it was I felt like the vibe in that was not only unrelated kind of but the need to say like oh now we've got these like strong female ghostbusters is the original movie already had strong characters that were female so that accomplished nothing because sigourney weaver's character is badass in the mm -hmm. both of the ghostbusters movies annie potts character is amazing so like and that's what we were talking beforehand is why why not take those female characters and show how they've remained strong characters exactly and so it just it worked so much better annie watched it with me and same thing she was like i'm ready for ghostbusters again yes. like big time well this is like so carrie coon as a callie spangler the mom badass character she showed her strength and showed her character uh, as ability mckenna grace so uh it was phoebe spangler her the daughter the basically yes. the main character of the of the movie in a sense uh is unbelievable for her age Fantastic. she was in um designated survivor she was the daughter yep. 
And so I saw her, I was like, you could tell by like the way she talked. And I was like, who the heck is it? I do this a lot. Taylor and I'm sitting there, I have my phone out there and I am DB and what other, where do I know them from? And she kicked butt. I mean, obviously we know Finn Wolfhand is in Stranger Things. So he's been a great dude. Paul Rudd, obviously. So the casting of this movie was great. And they were able to, like I said, soft reboot sequel, the original movies with strong female characters like you mentioned. So Clary Coon did a great job. Uh, McKenna Grace did a great job. Yep. Celeste O'Connor, the lucky Domingo, uh, the the, the uh, girl that's hanging out with Finn, um, did a great job. You didn't have to yep. do it as a let's like get rid of all the old characters and create these new characters that take the place of the other ones as an all female cast. I think there's a way yeah. to do it. To I mean, I, there is a truth that we 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 did cast a lot more stronger male roles in the 70s, 80s, and 90s, but I think we're getting better at it as a world. <laughs> And this is, I think, the way to do it, to intertwine and create strong female roles right. with, within the normal sequence of the movie. Yep. And I think that's exactly the point is to say, too, that like it was the 80s and 90s were different. But mm-hmm. that doesn't mean that there weren't strong women. It's better yeah. to now say there's this young generation that's coming in. They are, And like, you, who's to say that any of those female characters are done with Ghostbusters if they mm-hmm. decide to keep this going? They could have a killer role going forward. I'd love to see more Sigourney Weaver. And so well, I want to put a pin in that because I do yes, think that we need to talk definitely. about the, yep. the, uh, the end of the, uh, the uh, post-credit scenes are fun. Yep. Talk about the future of, of this. So yes, I'm glad you brought that up, but we'll obviously yep. there's a lot to talk about in between. I, I will say, I'm going to go over it again. McKenna Grace as Phoebe, Sp- Phoebe Spangler was unbelievable. Um, I hate to say, oh, the young people, but she's young. She's in her, she's in her teens, early twenties yep. or right below twenties or 18, 19, 17, whatever she, how old she is. And she was a great, strong role, a strong yep. lead role. Um, she, she acted well. She seemed, it was normal. It was not this bad acting. It was just great thing. Logan Kim. We're going to bring out Logan Kim on this. Cause his name is podcast on the show. It's <laughs> unbelievable. I love I the know. fact that there's like, Oh, I'm, I'm recording a podcast. And he says what, um, Paul Rudd is the one listener. He's like my one subscriber. <laughs> or when he, he's like, Hey, they call me podcast. Like, why do they call you podcast? Oh, cause I do a podcast. Who gave you that name? Me. Like, <laughs> it's unbelievable and i was like oh my gosh that's me that's like me oh totally <laughs> absolutely carrying around the recorder and like yes. yeah yes absolutely and so it was awesome to seeing that and uh when he did talk to about paul rubbo was the one uh subscriber to his podcast uh yep. and he like oh episode 46 that's when you really got your stride <laughs> it is it was great uh and then uh the the one thing i love about this movie too is like i feel like it gave me a goonies vibe like the idea of kids in, in, in caves hunting for things, like yeah. there's the Ghostbusters aspect of it, but it also had this like small town summer Goonies yes. exploring and, and going on an adventure vibe, which is really cool because I love the Goonies. And I think I that, you know, that's another movie that I wouldn't want to see rebooted, but almost you could do a sequel of sorts with. Um, yeah, and, absolutely. And move forward in timeline. Like, you know, my grandparents were the Goonies and. Yep. Stuff. Oh, you could totally do that. And so I love that, like with the going in the caves and the, in the, in the fight. I like the idea of uh, being in a new town too. It's not like they're just trying to fit in where they are, where they live. It's like Absolutely. The, the ghosts aren't just the problem that they're dealing with, trying yep. to fit in in this house that's falling down and in the loss of a family member and all that. Yep. So that was all cool too. So I like that. It made it more wholesome of a story, kind of like yep. the original movie was. Agreed. And I and like you just said, I think it's we just talked about this uh, with Peacemaker is mm-hmm. it's that complete change of scenery where like it's jarring at first because it starts in new york city which is what you're used to and then boom you're in a plane state Mm -hmm. and 
you know, and we will go into other scenes later, but it takes place in like a Walmart at one point. Yeah. A lot of people, including you and me, can connect with that because a lot of us shop at Walmarts, not mm -hmm. at bodegas in New York City. So like, I just, I love that. And like you said, and that plays in also to how it, you know, how do you adapt to living in a different culture? And so, yeah, it was, that was fun. That whole part of it. I feel like there's a mixture between filming, you know, a good scenes in middle America, because it's cheaper to do. Like if you were to like film like this, film, this actually, this movie was filmed in Canada. And so like, you could just go to a field in Canada and pretend like it's Oklahoma Right. Idaho or any of these places. And um, this gives them ability, but it's also probably way cheaper than trying to film in New York City or have sets that look like New York City or, or film in a, sure. in a city to make it seem like it's New York City because yep. that's what they do a lot where it's like filmed in Boston, but they say it's New York City. And um, that aspect of it was pretty cool too because it's like, it, but it also brings us into a different world, like in a sense, like it was not just them ghosts busting ghosts in new york city like the first movie they're busting exactly. ghosts now driving through an old town that the buildings are only as one story tall or two stories tall exactly. not these skyscrapers which was really cool um speaking of the town the mixture of practical effects and special effects you and i have talked about this before oh, yeah. how, how amazing it is for you to do both of them and it made yes. me feel like the movies were filmed back to back in a sense yep. like you have that ability to have you know actual real like monsters and people talking to you and then also the special effects and even the special effects though were made to look like 80 special effects exactly like the blue lights and the things like that like the lightning and the, and the, the stuff coming off of some of these yep. these these uh, ghosts are look like they were made in the 80s and i'm like you don't need to mess with that like why do we need to make it look way more exactly. futuristic if yep. the ghost it's a ghost we don't know what ghosts look like we don't know what all this stuff is it's all fake why can't you just make it look like the original and make us happy this movie wasn't yep. made for a high school student no no this movie was made for you and i and yep. so that's the point for us we've seen that and we know what this looks like so i'm okay with it looking like that they don't have to make it look like someone's kids and all oh, the cheesy special effects. Like we want yep. that. I want that. Oh, absolutely. And that's, kind of, and that's kind of what I think they messed up with on Phantom Menace is they went so futuristically, yep. not as much practical effects. And they yeah. made up for somewhat in the last three movies. They were able in the star Wars world where they are the kind yep. of mixture between the two. Um, but this was well, excellent. It, the special effects and practical effects. It's like you said, I think what happened with the star Wars prequels. Yeah. It's just, you, if you go too far, then it's like you said, then everything you're just known for like, hey, remember when stuff used to look like that? Yes. Whereas like the old Star Wars and say the Mandalorian, or in this case, like you said, the two Ghostbusters, like they they feel like they work together and they fit mm -hmm. together. Yeah. Well, especially when a movie's made this far apart from each other. Oh my gosh. Like, so like, you know, it would back to relate to the Star Wars part. It was 15 years between movies. And when you have 15 years of practical effects and special effects growing and being becoming better, you have a jarring thing. And that's why I'm always like, whenever someone asks me how you should watch the Star Wars movies is I honestly say to people, you probably should watch them in the way they were created, not because that's the true traditional way to do it. It's because you gradually get better special effects. Absolutely. You, if you go from all CGI episodes one through three, and then you go to episode four and it's like fake weird CGI and yes. small models and all that stuff. It's like, Yep. It's jarring. And so they, they were able to do the mix between you could watch Ghostbusters 1, Ghostbusters 2, and watch this and be like, oh, they were filmed. You could tell they were filmed progressively, but like the special effects look similar. And that was exactly. huge to me. And that's probably some of Jason Reitman 
yes trying to honor his dad a little bit too about you know making it more his dad was on set by the way ivan Mm-hmm. was on set the entire time and is there was a little bit That's of a special awesome. like a clip from imdb or one of the places that i watched right after the movie that said uh you know how much pressure that is oh my <laughs> gosh not only take over a franchise that your dad was very like pivotal of, of making and now having him sit next to you and, and chirp in your you. ear yeah. <laughs> chirp in your ear but everything yeah exactly doing. yeah <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> but he said it was watched, good though too, because he didn't mess up on things. Of course. And I watched a couple interviews with Jason Reitman. I mean, he's a he's a fun guy to listen to. He definitely, like you said, he he loves like respecting film that yeah. came before and and you know, and like you said, I mean, respecting how it was made. I saw an interview where he just said for him selfishly, he just likes to shoot these films to feel what it was like to shoot those films, mm-hmm. which like I totally get. <laughs> and uh the, the- he, I could have sworn, I, again, this is me. I don't quote any of us on this, but like I could have sworn a number of years ago before this movie was ever pitched or written or anything like that, that he actually swore that he wouldn't do anything in the Ghostbusters world, that that was his dad's thing. And he didn't want to be known for that to be the next thing for him to be known for. Sure. Um, but I, I'm guessing at some point, and I'm glad now that his dad passed in yeah. February. Like it's like now he was able to do that. His dad was able to see it come to fruition on TV, exactly. on the screen, do the opening and all that stuff. And then now his dad was like, okay, cool. My legacy is continuing. Yep. And his dad was like, peace. I'm out of this world. No, <laughs> maybe his wonder- dad will show up in this next movie because maybe. of uh, he- oh, a cameo appearance. I wonder if, uh, <laughs> I wonder if the, the other Ghostbusters coming out was like, he was like, I got to I got to read. Yeah, exactly. You know, exactly. My, that could for, be it. for my dad, you know, mm-hmm. because, oh yeah. Speaking of ghosts, there was yep. a couple of people we talked, I talked to off the side and I listened to one podcast podcast and they mentioned that they wish there was more ghost busting in the movie uh, yep. because the movie's called Ghostbusters and there was not as much ghost busting like there was in the first movies. Um, I thought there was a good mixture. I thought it was a very too. good that yep. the, the fact that, there, that there's a more story than just the ghost busting. Um, I do like the fact that the granddaughter of Egon doesn't actually believe in ghosts to start yes. off with. And so it's like, She's trying to do the. Um, do you ever watch Ghost Hunters on like oh, yeah. sci-fi or whatever? Oh, okay. and the whole point of Taps organization is not to prove the existence of ex- ex- extraterrestrial life or yep. prove the existence of of uh, spirits or anything like that. It's proving to disprove that to say, hey, that's not that. That's the door creaking or it's the floorboard moving. Right. She does that a little bit in this movie too, whereas like at the very beginning, she's trying to disprove that they exist. Uh, but I do love. Doesn't believe in ghosts, but when the ghost starts to play chess with her, you she with plays that. back. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't believe in any of this crap, but oh, okay, I'll I play chess with you. I think that's for me was a good sign with movies like this, where like there were a few times where I was like, that was totally unbelievable, and I don't yeah. care at all. Yes, and I exactly. think sometimes you know it's just a really fun movie where you're like, okay, sure, that's fine. Like, yeah. Exactly. Taylor and I, we, so on Monday, we rented a theater at Queen City Cinema Club of last week. We, we yep. don't go out that often anymore. We thought maybe the stepping stone to going out right now again is to go somewhere where I can be private. So we go, sure. we walk in, we get our private theater. Now it's our own little spot that we can sit in and watch a movie. And we ordered some food and they brought it in. It was great. It was a private little area, but we were able to go out and it was nice. Sure. We, um, we watched National Treasure, which is Taylor and I, that's like our guilty pleasure in movie. We both love that movie. We love Nicolas Cage in that movie. But I find myself now on the 17th millionth time watching it, picking it apart. And of I'm course. like picking it apart like it's supposed to be this award-winning movie that has <laughs> mistakes. And I'm like, 
the reason why a lot of people don't like this movie is because they watched it and picked apart the movie like I did the yes. first time. <laughs> you will you will ruin everything you love if you try to pick it apart. <laughs> I'm like, I don't understand why this would happen. Or, and I'm like, oh, I got to get past that. So these are the things that, yes, the whole idea that she doesn't believe in ghosts, but then she immediately plays chess with the yep. ghost. We look past that because, again, that's not part. That's not the big part of the movie. Uh, exactly. what it is. Um, do you, I want to ask you a question. You said, mentioned yeah. Walmart. You mentioned Walmart yep, yep. in the Walmart scene. There's one thing that I think was on purpose, an homage to the MCU. Do you remember any of it? So it's a scene that involves Paul Rudd mm-hmm. and he's shopping. And there's yep. one thing that I picked out on the first time and Taylor was like, what? So I had to rewind it and watch it. I, I'm not even going to attempt the level of knowledge that you would have to make this connection. So Ant-Man one. Yep. Paul Rudd gets out of prison, right? He goes, yep, he's in yep, prison. Yep. He gets released. He gets a job. He gets a job at a place called Baskin Robbins. Yep. And the quote is always Baskin Robbins always finds out because they find out about his criminal records. Da, 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 da. The place he's shopping for in Walmart is in the ice cream cooler is Baskin Robbins ice cream. That's pretty funny. And yep. I'm like, it might just be that Baskin Robbins was willing to pay a, a product placement fee to yeah, be in the movie. Th- yeah. but it also could be somewhere in there be like, oh, Paul Rudd, people know him, pop culture, bam, That's we'll put pretty- a little reference to Ant-Man in there. Uh, and I can then see the, that. The following scenes are tiny, so ant-sized, stay yes. puff thing. That's, so like, what, that's what I was going to say, but I knew that was like way too glaringly obvious of an answer. And so, but so in what the original movies, Stay Puff gets big, right? Yep. I love the fact that there's these tiny little gremlin yep. style, style Stay yes. Puff things and the things they're doing to each other is I loved that hilarious. Scene. Yes. Uh, yep. Melting chocolate over each other. Oh my God. The blender. The like, blender, the grill, like they're walking yeah. across the grill on and they're like melting into yep. the grill. Oh, all that stuff was just like, oh my gosh, they must've been sitting in the writer's room. Like, what can we get these little state puff things to do? And they're like, oh, it melts and it walks across the grill. <laughs> I loved like, it. I heard I heard a video somewhere like, you know, where they're talking about how some people like don't like that scene, I guess, because they're like, why would the state puff was Gozer turning into something? Yeah. But one of the guys I was watching, of course, because this is my point of don't pick this apart. It's fun. I was like, my immediate assumption was just like Gozer's back and kind of remembers stay puffed marshmallows. Mm-hmm. Like I because I loved that scene. That was one of my favorite scenes in the entire movie was the whole marshmallow bit Loved oh it. it was amazing and it was like you know he's just shopping and these things and you see them start pulling like the, the marshmallows start moving yep. and, and they're like and oh and i rewound it and showed taylor this when one of those safe puff marshmallows falls out of the marshmallow bag and hits the, the shelf you've worked in retail you've worked uh with those shelves oh, yeah. the yellow or the manila shelves that oh, have yeah. the little holes at the front and it hit it and when it stood back up it had little dimples on it from the little That's holes awesome. <laughs> Like, who's thinking of that? Someone else who's worked in retail and put those shelves up before has thought about that. And they're like, wouldn't that exactly? And that's why I honestly, like you said, I mean, I'm it makes production much cheaper, but like this, I love scenes like that in in Walmart because we all can relate to that. Mm -hmm. And like you said, and how many people that love this movie have worked, you and I have worked retail many years and in stores, and and so like you immediately connect with that. It's like you or I, anytime we see like a behind the bar scene, and we're like, yeah. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I was just like watching Jessica Jones. I mentioned off recording and watching those again. And, and in Jessica Jones season one, Luke Cage is working behind a bar. And it's like, oh, I know he's like cleaning a glass, which is always funny. Who sits oh, there cleaning a glass? Like we have yeah. dishwashers and dryers. Like there's no, no one sitting there wiping a glass off. Like for like 20 minutes. Yeah. yeah. 
the same glass. Like, okay, that yep. glass is the logo is now worn off of that glass, you know, because you've been wiping it so much. Uh, but the idea that that cool special effects was necessary because you can't really make practical effects that stay puffed. Little mis- sure. little, little st- but then the more practical effects of Gozer. Of, of the of the monsters i mean uh in the in the coming through and diving through things and things like yep. that in walmart was great obviously product placement for walmart obviously they must of have course. paid for that because the scene of them in the parking lot has a big walmart sign Ooh, in the background yeah. uh but uh it was just the the mixture of the two special effects to go back on that it was yep. awesome too and i loved i mean just that whole walmart thing in general is funny because that I mean there's always been like as we know odd product placement in I mean, people say Ghostbusters, but like it was just the 80s, man. Yeah. Like you could be watching the most serious drama in the world and they'd be like, you know, I was going to I was going to jump off the bridge. But this cup of Sanka coffee really yes. changed my mood. Like yes. that was the 80s. Accepted. I love that they still play with that. Like everything is branded in this movie. They were like, yeah, because back. In- <laughs> oh, look at this. I'm going to oh, yeah. have a sip of coffee. Oh, maybe I will have a sip of coffee. This Marvel co- coffee mug is pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> my dad did a whole like my dad's a pastor. He did a whole sermon one day on. Uh, back when I was a kid, and the only reason I remember is because about product placement. About product placement, I don't even know anything else that had a re- connection to the church at the time. But I do remember having to do with product placement, and from that point on. And then I also took a um, film class in high school where they talked about product placement, and they literally can't oh, get yeah. through a movie without me going, "Oh yeah, they yeah. wouldn't have put Coca Cola there if it, if Coca Cola didn't want them to have it there. Right. Walmart wouldn't have been Walmart; it would have been Supermart or whatever it is from Superstore." Yep. Uh, the show Superstore, it would have been that. So Walmart definitely was contacted about, hey, oh, yeah. would you like to pay to be in the movie and so on? Uh, and Coca-Cola and all those other ones. That's why yep. if you see an off brand, it's because they couldn't get a sponsor for that. Of course. If you see the brand, it was paid to put in it. So yep. maybe that helped on the $75 million budget. Uh, yeah. Which is funny because I was, I forget what movie we were watching. Oh, um, <laughs> Silence of the Lambs. Yep. So we were watching Silence of the Lambs. We talked about this last week. And yep. that movie was filmed for $19 million. It made like three hundred, four hundred million dollars in the box office, which is for you know obviously back in the nineties, it's great. The fact that they made a movie for nineteen million dollars also fascinated me. The fact that this yes. movie was made for seventy-five million dollars. I mean, blockbuster films that are going to make a couple hundred million dollars in the theaters are yes. made for a hundred million dollars. Like that's just the way the movies are made nowadays. And so, a seventy-five million dollar budget for this film yep. was honestly pretty respectable, I thought. But uh, you know, oh, with totally the special is. effects, practical effects, and the actors that are in it. Oh, and uh, the casting was great. Yeah, I absolutely. I still at times do your mind just go like seventy five million dollars. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. For this, Adam, I don't. Film. I don't want to spend seventy five dollars on something. Seventy five million. But just to know that you invest, you put seventy five million dollars exactly. on something, and it comes back. Yeah. I mean, for this movie, almost three times as much back, and they yep. put it out in the middle of the pandemic. So they'll obviously they probably made up a bunch more money on sure. direct, direct to uh, when it came out digitally because a lot of us like myself who didn't want to go to the theaters watched yep. it digitally so they've obviously made some money on the back end um but yeah it's just it's 75 million dollars when i think about it, infinity war was made for like 250 million yeah. that's like jeez i'm gross that's and like someone like justin and i always doing pop culture i'm not yeah. criticized i mean the amount and we uh, the scale of like work and mm-hmm, infrastructure mm-hmm. and knowledge that goes into making i mean i understand i just at times i'm like i try to wrap my head around 75 million dollars for yes. one movie but mm-hmm. Like I said, the point is, it's a lot of people doing a lot of expert work. Yes. So yes, and so I mean, you have cast. I mean, the cast is pretty. There's not. Huge. There's no like no names. People. No. Like, people. So I love that Muncher was Josh Gad, who was um, isn't he Olaf from from uh, uh Frozen? 
He's yes. also in a bunch of other things. But like, yep. I just think when you see his voiceovers, yep. you see Muncher, and all he does is go rum rum rum. Yep. I always love that stuff. It's like uh, Vin Diesel being Groot. You yes. say I am Groot, and you get paid how much million dollars to be that person? Anybody could have did it. Someone on the special effects team could have stood behind a microphone and going, "I am Groot." See, I did it. Pay me ten million. It is. I have like so. This is for a future episode of our podcast. But did did he just pre-record a bunch of "I am Groot" or was he there like "I am Grooting" right in with the rest of the cast? I hope it's the second. I'm going to believe it's the second. Well, it's the same thing as I don't believe when I found out and watched uh, Rocket Raccoon and see that's Bradley Cooper as a thing. You yeah. you tell me right now, if you close your eyes and listen to that, I would not hear Bradley Cooper. It, it, you yep. Maybe if you matched up on a computer screen somewhere, the inflections in his voice and things, you can match up yep. that's him. But again, it doesn't sound like Bradley Cooper to me. So why was Bradley Cooper cast as him? Same thing with, the, I mean, Vin Diesel. Is it a name? Exactly. Guardians of the Galaxy featuring Vin Diesel. Maybe that helps sell film. I don't know. But I'm... I would think that they did a bunch of like one day in the studio and just did all these different versions of I and am and grew. And then we're able to affect yes. and do special effects, but I would hope that I'm, he's actually on things. Like, just drinking coffee. Yes. He's like, okay, Oh, hang it up. Vin Diesel, you're up. It, it makes Groot. me think of uh, when we, when we talked to uh, Dana, uh, when we talked to Dana at um, Bangor comic-con yeah. about voice acting. Yeah. And remember he told us about like a table read where he was like, they told me specifically, they want it to sound like me. And they're like, Oh, you're not getting the job. <laughs> and he was like, what? And he was like, they just want to hear the, how they want it to be. They'll hire somebody else to do exactly. the voice. <laughs> like what? Bradley Cooper. Yep, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So I actually uh, they, they had another conversation someone had about Dana Snyder the other day. Uh, I got to reach back out to him. We got to get him back on the podcast. Yeah, totally. He owes us. Yes. He owes us. I want to tell the story, but without telling the story, because what we did didn't end up working out. Yeah. And, but we but still had a blast. We, we can still talk about it, just yeah. not... We can't give you the details on it. Yeah, exactly. We're recording on something that has a signature on it right now. Um, but yeah, so <laughs> the movie was great. Everything's great. So we yep. knew kind of like what we're doing nowadays with these soft reboots and things that moving forward, they're going to pull in and pull in, even if it's just to yep. pay respects to the older films, you're going to have people show up just to be like, even if they're not the same character. Like in movies exactly. that reboot, you're like, oh, look at that guy in the background. He's spying an ice cream cone. That yep. was one of the original characters from the original movies. They're just kind of like giving him an homage. Exactly. They didn't do that with this. They actually brought back the original characters of yep. Bill Murray and Dan Aykroyd and Ernie Hudson. Annie yep. Potts came back. Those people came back and they came, the three of them, yep. um, Dan Aykroyd, Bill Murray, and, and Ernie Hudson came back in a big way, helping to fight off the ghosts and ghostbusting, exactly. which is amazing. And I, and I that was huge. I mean, mm -hmm. I, that's what had to be done. That's why the other one wasn't successful. Like they yeah. had to, because I maybe we file it away as a comedy, but like it had Bill Murray in it. Bill Murray is a legend. The fact that he even came back for five minutes blows yes. my mind. Like absolutely. And, and and so here's the here's the way why I say they did it the right way. They did it the right way in this film because the movie was successful up to that point, in my opinion. They did the job of making the new Ghostbusters movie before they added Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, and Ernie Hudson yes. in. It just made it from a eight and a half to a nine, in my opinion, because they were able to bring those cast members back and have a, what, 10 minutes, 15 minutes of screen time Maybe, out of the yeah. two-hour movie. And yep. that, to me, says, did the right thing. They didn't make it the story of, the original Ghostbusters in this movie. It was a story of these young kids yes. and this family remembering their grandfather. Yep. And then at the end of the movie, they're like, oh, we need help from the original Ghostbusters and they showed up yep. and so on. So those 
that's why I think it was successful. It was able to, to, for us to be like, oh my gosh, the original Ghostbusters. But again, if that movie didn't have that, I don't think I would have given it a six sure. or a five. It would have been still Absolutely. around that eight, eight and a half. The fact that they did that was like, oh, cherry on top. Yep. Did it the right way. And they didn't make it about them. Yeah. And, and, God, and that, like, that's what, that was my point. That was such a hard thing to do because it's such a heavy mm-hmm. kind of cast from the 80s. I mean, that, but the thing I think I also, while we're on that, I thought was one of the brilliant parts of the movie was unlike every movie, like things did not go well for the Ghostbusters in mm-hmm. the ensuing years. Right. Yep. So I think that made a fun narrative because, in fact, a lot of people, you know, you struggle with this thing that you build and then it just doesn't happen. And what I love, though, is they all end up exactly where you think they would be in this movie, which, again, is such a great fan service because Egon, who in the original movie was already very concerned about the coming of yep. the end times. So that's normal. And Peter Venkman went back professionally, but into marketing. I yep. love that, not yep. psychology. And then, you know, so we have, and then Winston is wildly successful. And I mean, it's just, I love, you know, and Ray's in an occult bookshop yep. and nobody's life is great, except maybe, maybe Winston's. Yes, yes, yeah. exactly. And, and then we'll talk about that in a second with the yeah. post-credit scene, but they were able to do it and they were able to do it in a way that, that connected those people back. It also shows this kind of funny. It's like the uh, professional athlete that when they're done being a professional athlete and they're not the superstar athlete, they're working at a Starbucks right. or whatever. Yep. It's the idea that these guys were like on the news and in the newspaper and they're go- busting ghosts. And when the ghosts stopped needing to be busted, yep. there was nothing else for them. They got this huge fame for it and then went down and you saw that Dan Aykroyd working in a in a, yep. a cult bookstore and so on. And the other people had to move on. They, they retired from busting and they had to get new jobs and so on and so forth. It was nice too to see that they didn't just say, screw it, we don't have all four. We don't have Egon, exactly. so we're not going to do this. But they also, with the modern technology, we talked about the mixture between practical and, yep. and, and physical effects or uh, digital effects, is they were able to bring back Egon. And it looked yep. like Egon. Like, I will tell you right now, like, it looked like they aged yep. him well. They, they did, did a very good job on him. So Bob Gunton uh, was credited as Ghost Farmer and Ivan Reitman, so the original, yep. uh, one of the original movie creators, portrayed the living and ghostly versions of Egon in person. Then they used prosthetics and digital makeup to make it look like Egon uh, was still there, which was great. Uh, I think that was a way to respect him and we do it in a way that was, was amazing. It was great. I know one of the interviews, I think Jason Reitman says that um, he had went to the family and was like, I want to base it on Egon from the eighties and how he, we think he would have aged not, modern and i remember he said the family like loved that and thought so i thought that was a really neat like thoughtful way of doing it that like this is an aged egon Mm -hmm. and they because i mean because the thing about they made it like it's always the question about ghosts and afterlife and all this other stuff is like if you die right now are you a ghost that looks like adam morissette now are you a ghost of you in your 20s are you a ghost of you like you know all those things like you know it's same thing with eternal life if you got eternal life as eternal life I mean you continuously still get old you just get slowerly old and right. like when do you when do you stop having this like progression of body decay yeah. <laughs> same thing so they were able to say no this guy is older and he's dead like he's it, it yeah they didn't show him from the 80s they showed him from when he would have passed more recently exactly which was great yeah. uh, i thought that was amazing and uh the end of the movie was great and the idea that he had the whole thing set up at his house his farm yep. to kind of you know, he knew it was coming. 
and all these things. So, you know, get to more details of the movie, watch the movie. It's a great movie. Um, but they were able to, you know, stop it with the help. And it's cool because it was the help of McKenna Grace's character, Phoebe. Exactly. And the fan, like, that's the person who was able to help on top of because Egon couldn't help as much. So that was really cool. I like that aspect of it. And the fact that they were at that, they had his house where he like, kind of retired to yep. uh, in this small town. The movie ended great. And then there was the post mid credit scene and a post credit scene, which were even like, we're like fan service up the yeah. wazoo, in my Big opinion. Time. The post credit scene, or sorry, should I should say they're now changing them to mid credit scenes right. and post credit scenes, is pulled from the original. The post credit scene yeah. pulled from the original, like pulled the idea from the original movie where uh, Bill Murray used to do the whole shocking someone if they could guess the the symbol on the other yeah. side of the card, and that he admitted to um, Sigourney Weaver that he. Um, used to shock the men yes. and not the women and yep. he'd hit on the women and then say, you have a gift. Maybe we should get dinner later. And so on and so forth. which honestly, yeah, yeah. when you watch the original movie, that's, you're like, that's creepy, dude. It's super creepy. It was creepy then. And here's, I'm glad you brought that up. Cause I had a friend recently who was joking about how he actually has for years joked about how yeah. creepy Peter Venkman is. Yes. But, but I want to say, yes, he was creepy. Like, it, yes. it, that's a that's a feature not a bug like, yeah exactly <laughs> he, he was a creepy weird psychologist dude. yes like and that's what he did when he went to went to sigourney weaver's house in the original movie and yes. checked things out he was talking he was like literally asked basically asking her for dinner and have yes. a date with him and all that stuff it was like this he was the kind of guy uh that you don't want as your bartender in a sense like you want a bartender to like uh, kind of hit on you and so on and so forth like yeah you yeah know, Try to get he takes tips. it. He takes it too far. <laughs> yes, he's not the guy who pays attention to that one yep. person at the bar and then tries to take him home at night. Same thing. He does yep. that. So it's funny how he admits it. So she shocks him and gives him a little jolt and so on. The funny yep. thing is, I don't know if you pulled this. I I only found this out because I looked it up online a little bit. Is at the end of the movie, the the, the first credit. So you have yep. the credits that are like cool design credits, not the the black scrolling credits. Right. It says the and Sigourney Weaver at the end of it. And if anybody knows, if I've seen this film, Sigourney Weaver wasn't in the, the actual no. proper film. So you're like, what the heck? Well, immediately after that is when this thing yep. is. So she only came back for the post-credits scene. For the, which was brilliant, honestly. I love I mean, that was amazing. And so um, they had this whole back and forth with them, which was funny. And I liked seeing them. And honestly, out of all the characters, I think Bill Murray's the only one that's aged horribly. Like he, everybody he looks, else looks yeah. great. <laughs> like Ernie Hudson he, looks absolutely amazing. Dana Ernie, a little Ernie bit Hudson's like like aged like five years. Sigourney Weaver looked great. Looks amazing. Um, yeah. Uh, what's her name? Um, um Annie Potts. Uh, yep. Janine uh, Melnitz on the show. She yep. looked great. Like all of them look great for their age. And it's just like Bill Murray looks like he's decaying. <laughs> I love him, dude. He's a great. Oh, dude, I love him. Like, he's 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 definitely aged. Um, yes. Maybe because. He's but he's out there, man. I mean, he's out mm -hmm. there still partying pretty hard, I think. So, oh, yeah, I think know, so too. Yeah, that puts on that puts on the years. My favorite, one of my favorite Bill Murray roles of all time is Zombieland. Oh, god, yes, <laughs> without <laughs> like, it's a so doubt. Funny they go to Bill Murray's house and he's actually there and he gets shot. Spoiler <laughs> yeah. alerts, he gets shot because he's pretting to be a zombie. It's oh, that's so great. It's so Bill Murray. It is. Oh, um, and and you don't get any spoiler alerts on Zombieland, no. No, that's Zombieland's been all out long that's, enough. That's, that, I love to do it. I want oh to watch God. Zombieland. We, that, that was the, that that was one of the best surprise scenes. Yes, ever. Like, and you just don't see like they're like, oh, we're at Bill Murray's house. And I'm like, oh, that's funny. And also, I know where Bill Murray's there, and he looks like a zombie oh, and hey, gets shot, yeah. and actually dies because he's pretending he's playing a joke on someone. It, it's yep. like oh, I feel like man. that's how it's, Bill Murray would actually die in real life. It's like, it's like the epitome of Bill Murray. Um, so then the other black the black credit scenes, like the, the, the traditional credit scenes, right. go up, and our credits go up. And it's a cut. I don't know if you knew this. 
that actual clip of the post credit scene was cut from the original movie. Yep. And so it was supposed to be in the original movie. It wasn't. They used that scene in this movie. It was a coin that Egon gave to um, um, Janine. Janine has the coin. She's like, <laughs> no, she, she gives the coin to Egon, right? And then she goes, he goes, I don't want to take this from you. She goes, that's okay. I have another one at home. Yep. <laughs> That's for just a lucky coin. It's okay if you lose it. I have another one. I have another one. Yeah. Uh, and that so she good. has it. And she's waiting for Ernie Hudson's uh, to meet with Ernie Hudson. Yep. And they show like intertwine the shots of the original building. The car pulls in. Yep. It's cool. It's like nostalgic. Um, the blinking red light at the end. It oh yeah. To the end. So so have a let's have a quick discussion on this. So it sounds like what they're doing is they're going to set up some sort of ghost first that they're going to be creating another one of these movies. And it yeah. seems like you, you'd think that like uh, Phoebe and, uh, you know, or, or Grace right. and, and Wolf, um, Wolf Wolfman, whatever his name is, Finn would come back, that yeah. Carrie Coon would come back, that maybe Paul Rudd would come back and they would do another Ghostbusters that maybe is featured in New York because they moved back to New York or whatever it may be. I read online that could Winston be the Ghostbusters version of Nick Fury? Where he's like, it could be like the, he's a controlling it. He's the person yep. that's like overseeing it all. He's the one with the financial. He's gonna be, be able to financially back Ghostbusters yes. now Which, because he actually has money because of his big successful career. While we're on that, and this is, I said, we got fun with this because I love this movie. This isn't a picking apart of plot holes, mm-hmm. but this was my one. Annie and I were watching, and I was like, wait a second. So, couldn't he have just like he was paying his electric bill? Yeah. For a while, why didn't he just send him all the equipment he needed? Yes. To do that, because ultimately everybody in the world almost died because his weird janky contraption didn't work. <laughs> and I feel like Winston is a billionaire. It's like yeah. Batman sending yes. you like popsicle sticks and glue and being like, here you go, here buddy. You go. Yeah. Try to fight so, it. Like I said, it, this is a fun movie, so we don't have to worry about things like that. But I was like, but but he didn't even have new equipment. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> and again, it, it, that's funny. I didn't even think about that. That's the thing is you think that's one of the reasons we like having this discussion is I didn't think about that, but that makes sense to me now. It's the same talk about pot putting holes and things. Nothing's perfect anyway. There's always plot holes and everything, but um, they're trying to make a movie here that we don't make. We don't make motion pictures. So, um, but the idea that they 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 would still again, it sounds like they're still going to have some sort of the old Ghostbusters still intertwined into the new Ghostbusters films but more of a secondary yep. role that the main roles are going to be taken by these kids or teenagers. And obviously it's probably going to be a couple of years before another one comes out. And so these kids will be older. So they'll be young adults exactly. in their twenties and, and seeing that happen, it would be really cool. And seeing what happens to that blinking light is there ghosts that are, contra- are in the, yes. the, the ghost traps that are going to get out and so on. They're going to have to fight it and call, call those kids. Oh, it, from it could be great. It could America be a great New York series. City. It could be, and you know, and, and I have to say on top of that little, plot hole let me say my annie corrected me immediately when i said that she feels strongly that the whole point was that this was friends who drifted apart and started mm-hmm. not believing each other like they used to and that's the whole point is they come back together at the end so it's probably not a plot hole if annie thinks it's not she's probably right so she's definitely smarter than both of us yes so combined, it's probably, probably the correct probably but, the yeah. correct answer um but yeah so i think it's gonna be cool I, i'm excited i i definitely yep. think that this is a high eights, nines for me if we were giving it a rating. I oh, think yeah. it was a, a movie that a family can sit down and watch and the, and, the, and the parents can be nostalgic and watch it. And the kids, again, they they were able to cast 
one of the things I think they're smart now and with casting is, first of all, the, there was not a single um, weak link in the cast, in my opinion. No, Everybody was great. Um, but putting someone like Finn Wolfman in there from Stranger Things it, it now connects it to, first of all, Stranger Things yep. is a supernatural show. So yeah. it, it connects to a you know, 14, 15, 16 year old kid who yep. likes watching Stranger Things can go, oh, I know that character. Yep. And then you and I can watch it and go, Oh, I know Bill Murray. And yep. so there's that connection that's really good. The Paul Rudd part too is the people in the middle, the people yep. who know him from from 40-year-old version, but people also know him from Ant-Man and stuff like that. Exactly. So I think they did a great job making the cast um fit all generations that would watch it and makes it so yep. that kids can now have their own Ghostbusters. Agreed. And I think I, with without tarnishing the original Ghostbusters. Yep. I'm glad you said it because I that's the other I think casting someone from Stranger Things was like the smartest. Whoever made that casting decision should be making all casting decisions because you're right. It immediately plugged the younger generation in. They already know it's supernatural. Okay, fine. Boom. And like mm -hmm. that's just brilliant. Like I that it really probably could have made a huge difference in the movie if they hadn't, I think, for how many people really watched it. And obviously financially it's harder to get people who are already accredited. Sure. But like it makes sense long-term to why would you go somewhere else? If you could already, someone who's already been acting in a supernatural world, bring them in to right. act in a supernatural world. Exactly. It, it makes sense. And, and so, um, you know, again, McKenna Grace has been in a couple of things since then she yeah. was in, I guess a designated survivor. That's what I remember her from, but she was like yeah. the president's daughter who got like three lines and then she had to cry because her dad was right. going away or something. So she was like, it wasn't like, Oh my gosh, what a great, you know, what a great time she did acting in Designated Survivor. I just recognize her from that movie. Yep. Um, they did make her look such like a, um, I can't even think of the name of it. Uh, I'm not gonna think of it. She looked, she very looked very nerdy, but very uh, hipster. Yeah. Very yep. hipster in that movie with her like high rise shorts and her glasses yep. and all that stuff. It was like, she definitely fit in with, again, the generational Yes. Kids who were going to watch yep. this movie and go, I like McKenna Grace as Phoebe. Um, but yeah, that's pretty funny. Yep. And I like also that Paul Rudd wasn't a main character. So speaking Absolutely. about casting, he was there to help bring a whole cast together, but he probably was only on set for a few days, film yep. some scenes, and then he was done. Uh, whereas you, you could see that movies like this could lean on the people like Paul Rudd to be right. there the entire movie so that the movie could like, you know, keep going. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, if he's not even in the second one, I wouldn't bother no. me. Like, well, and even the, I, I, I'm gonna, I'm terrible as you know with actor and actresses' names. Mm -hmm. What's the mother's? Um, Carrie Coons. Yes, um, Carrie Coons. I knew her from The Leftovers on yep. HBO, which is another one like fantastic under the radar show. Which is a, like what a like great casting choice. She was brilliant in that show. Oh yeah, and also what she was, she was actually uh, she was this is the one that uh, I got Taylor and she was surprised about. So in. Avengers Infinity War, this yep. Proxima Midnight is one of uh, Thanos's uh, like minions. That's sure. Carrie Coons, but with a bunch of makeup on. Oh man, so that's, that's pretty wild. funny. So she that has that is. connection to our my my Marvel world, but she that's was also wild. the wife, the crazy wife who set mm -hmm. up her husband Ben Affleck on Gone Girl. Yep, that that great movie. I think Ben oh, Affleck's one of the great movies he's made is Gone Girl, and uh, it was based off of a book. But um, it, it's. Yeah, she was in that too. So she's been in some big things. Oh, big it was time. really cool. So she has that clout to her. Like I said, Finn Wolfhand has this clout for him. Huge. Um, Paul Rudd, obviously. Oh, uh, you yeah. have your Josh Gad, J.K. Simmons, Bill Murray, Dan. I threw this the big names in this. And then you have the other yep. characters like Podcast and uh Lucky, Lucky, the girl who works at the diner that yep. meets um, Trevor Spangler. 
Uh, so yeah, cool. I mean, I, I think it's a, a well-made movie and a movie that uh, I'll watch again over Absolutely. and over again. And again, it's one of those things I definitely, as at my age, Adam, but I'm watching, uh, we watched, um, we're watching Revolution, the show Revolution. Uh, okay. It used to be on NBC. I don't know if you saw it. It was J.J. Abrams was part of it. Actually, John Favreau was part of it. It was back on NBC 2012, 2013. Huh. It was only two Sounds seasons. Really familiar. Power going out and like all of power going out no i don't remember and they don't know how to get it back and it's 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 pretty cool show i like it um but there's a sex scene or whatever and i'm just like why do they have to show that yeah i was like i don't know this is me getting old or whatever and i'm watching jessica jones and she's having sex with luke cage and i'm just like "Ah, okay whatever it gets and it gets like weirder and weirder like too like now the odds of like seeing stuff like that with your parents are like a hundred times what they used to be and it 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 was peacemaker yeah, it's if I were to still sit down no and watch more, Peacemaker yeah. with my dad, and all of a sudden I know where they just turn and like there's Peacemaker and Vigilante sitting in a uh, bed with a naked woman, and what? I'm just like, oh, there's and and, there. and her with the him with the butterfly. Yeah. I mean, there, that was a like you said, that was it's different from even when we were yeah. a kid, and it's no less awkward now to watch with anyone. Like, Correct. If I'd and have so, been watching Peacemaker with you, I would yeah. have been like, eh, eh, uh, okay, yeah, with uh, all that. So, uh, have you seen this new thing on Facebook? Um, yeah. and so for me, this is one of those movies that's wholesome. That I can watch with anybody of any age. Yeah, exactly. and I can talk to I mean, uh, Scott yeah. and Dana, who uh, come into Owner Brewing Company all the time, was in there with their daughter Claire the other day, and we were talking yeah. about something. And it's like Ghostbusters Afterlife would be one of those movies where I'm like, I just saw that movie, great movie. You guys should see it as a family because yeah. you can Cause see it's it. Fun. I can't say, I had to like go over here and be like, you should see Peacemaker, but like only to Scott and be like, when they're gone, Not, don't yeah, watch yeah. it with them Not in the with house. The kids or the wife. Yeah. <laughs> and so it was just kind of funny. This is a kind of a wholesome movie that I thought would be great to, uh, to have. And I think, you know, I don't know. I feel like if we would have started doing um, this podcast longer ago, uh, it, it, we might've watched the first two and reviewed those as a prequel sure. to this one, but all Ghostbuster movies are good. I don't care Absolutely. what anybody says about Ghostbusters too. I will say I can't give any information on the, the 2016 reboot or whatever because right. i never saw it so watch it on your own accord but i don't yep. you know it's not does, necessary does, to see these. doesn't exist in my canon <laughs> yes yeah. well it's like the ghost or jurassic park jurassic park one exists i think and i think two yep. but they they basically this yep. said that three wasn't existing at, at all and then yep. jurassic world happened and then so on yep. so i think they're just doing that a little bit more now where they're like okay we'll keep the first one and then we'll continue on we do the yep. sequels that we should have been done and uh but yeah i'd love to see ghostbusters 3 that was supposed to be didn't they make a video game out of it they did and it's funny it sounds like when i watched some stuff about this they they very much incorporate that game kind of as canon um so i've played it but i honestly remember nothing except like going around in a hotel where like all the hallways were bending and but maybe now i should play it to get the storyline i know that um what's the what's the name of the shandor Ivan yep. Shandor. He's a he's a bad guy in the video okay. game. I remember he's a ghost. See, I just think it'd be uh, fun to do stuff like that. But it's harder, exactly. obviously, nowadays. But you could take some of the storyline and, and incorporate it into whatever else yep. is coming in the future. But I, I could see at least one more. Oh sure. I mean, they made their money back, and they made their money back during a pandemic, and so I could see them doing at least one more. They've got the probably the actors willing to do yep. it, uh, and then maybe two more. That'd be cool to make it a trilogy. And, and continuing it on. It could be but a think, brilliant series too. Yes, I mean, like yes. if it was like a lighter, more fun, I'm thinking kind of like episodic X-Files where mm-hmm. like you don't have to worry about a bigger story. They just go every week and they do something. Like, mm-hmm. That would be fun. I think that'd be great too. So I, I, I'm cool with whatever. And I think that 
the ghost and with that serious thing you could even do a, a ghostbusters verse like i mentioned with 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 yep. um with winston there is the people fighting ghosts in new york city don't have to be the people fighting sure. ghosts in the middle middle america you yep. can have them fighting ghosts out there and then have a separate group so the tv show idea could be x y and z actors in new york sure. city with winston as overseeing them and then the yep. movie verse could be in you know middle america yep. with you know the characters we saw in this with winston over it so like you could have this whole it could be yeah idea and having some of the old school ghostbusters existing as their parents i mean we're all about the universes right now oh of course and so i, I you it know, could be like kind of uh, cool thing. it could be like csi you could have like ghostbusters las vegas ghostbusters la <laughs> can we can they do one like it's a mockumentary version of that, that? would be like great a, like an idea that's like so boldly version of csi where like actually crime scene investigating ghost ghosting uh, that would like, be have really like funny. have like the taps crew from ghost uh, yes. ghost hunters there as a helpful uh team or filming a tv show that would be even better that would be a better. movie about filming a tv show about yep. ghost busting yes there you go there you go like an off, you office type yeah or like the we'll, office mockumentary we'll like no oh, that like the office would be great we need another one of those there hasn't been one and, recently and have like randomly good. like horrifying like ghosts and monsters except yep. nothing horrible ever happens yep. like there's no blood there's no gore the monsters are terrifying but then they interview them like <laughs> that would be hilarious like um there was an episode of x-files uh that was a uh, spoof of uh cops one of my yes, favorite episodes of uh, x-files with like their whole like the whole like, cameras running yeah. and interviews and they're Obviously, Mulder is very, this is a some sort of creature, and everybody else is more like, what are you talking about? It's just, we're in the ghetto, and you know, so on. It yep. was amazing, and they interviewed people, and the lights, and the riding in the car with the time on the car, on the screen, and all. It was, it was very well done, and uh, I, they were the only show so far that I remember seeing that's done that well, yep. about taking a spoof of another TV show and incorporating it into their own show. Uh, which would be awesome but uh yeah so i think it was great it's definitely would, if you if it was still in the theaters and you were happy to go to theaters i would say our ratings here on the podcast are stay at home and watch it digitally or go to the theaters after seeing it i would have said go to the theaters so it's definitely yeah, worth it's, seeing it's definitely and if you're in the bangor area not sponsored or anything but i just love josh Moulton and queen city cinema club is yep. it is available digitally so you can go to queen city cinema club in downtown bangor and watch this on a screen a big screen which with is, the chair would be super fun. Yeah. Order Have some dinner. pizza or some drinks yep. and sit there and, and watch the movie too. Uh, Taylor and I said we did it last Monday and we sat there and we go, the, 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 how far away you are from the screen and the sounds and the quality of the projector um, is not much different than being that far away from the screen in comparison at the Bangor movie theaters sure, here sure. in Bangor. So, so to me, it was like, obviously you don't get to see the movie when it first comes out, but if you're willing to wait, but yep. you still want the theater experience. Places like that are great because you just bring the movie if you buy it. He puts it in his Blu-ray player. You rent the theaters. And on Monday, they're half oh, off. So it's 10 bucks for the small theater for four people. Oh, geez. Yeah, that's, that's great. That's $2.50 a person. Yeah. So, yeah. Not that, like I said, they're not a sponsor of the podcast or anything like that. But I just thought that's a cool little thing to, to do. Um, we'll probably go there again at some point again. Well, now I'm still- thinking I might I might do that this week maybe mm-hmm. or next week. And you just go in the middle of the day and just be like, sit there and eat your pizza or, or get yeah. some tacos or whatever. And just sit there and watch a movie by yourself. Yeah, you play totally. video games there too, which would be pretty badass. That would be video cool. Games. But uh, yeah. So yeah, go see it or don't go see it. Watch it on digital. I would have said, go see it if it was still right. in the theaters, but you, know. do, you do you. And I've heard Batman's good. So if anybody else wants. Yeah. <laughs> We've heard the Batman is good. It's dark. <laughs> it's very dark. 
<laughs> which, which, no judgment. I'm excited to see the Batman. Yes. I sent you a meme the other day, but I want to say my ongoing like theory about DC Forever is it's just it's gonna keep seeing how dark it can get until nobody will ever watch it anymore. Yes. Which it's not this movie. This movie is huge and it's killing it at the box office. Mm -hmm. But it is. It's all we joke about this all the time. Next time they'll lighten it up a little. Oh no no no. <laughs> It, it, yeah, it is what it is. And you know what? Like I said, we talked about it. They're just different exactly. worlds. Totally different. It's just totally different, different. different thing. And they want to get darker and darker and darker. Cool. Uh, whatever. Exactly. But I've heard as a, which is a good thing to hear, because I feel like yeah. the people who watch comic book movies are their biggest critics for their own things. And what I've heard so far, it's been done well. If you can, if you leave yeah. it as a standalone thing, that this is the Batman. It's not connected to the DCEU. Yep or anything like that, that this yeah. is good. It's worth watching. Exactly. So I'm excited. We'll and, watch it when yeah. it comes out on digital for sure. Absolutely. Oh, I'm excited about it. I, I yeah. love Batman. Like, so yeah, Exciting. man, what else is there to say? Go watch Ghostbusters Afterlife though, man. If you missed yes. that because of the pandemic, it was, it was a, it was huge. Blockbuster and the benefit is movie. you have right now is watch number one, maybe watch number two. And I wouldn't watch Ghostbusters Afterlife because it gives you a little bit of reference. Yes. If you haven't seen him in a while yep. or do the, the, do the, um, Star Wars version of right. it. Watch, watch the new one, then go back and watch the other ones to give you some reference. I would watch the are. first two though, because like I've never seen more like fun, appropriate Easter eggs ever mm -hmm. in a movie. Like it was amazing, but you're not going to get ninety percent of them if you don't watch them. So just go watch all of them. Have no, a Ghostbusters I'll... marathon. Worth it. You can skip the one totally. from 2016. It has yeah. nothing to do with the movie. Uh, doesn't exist because it has nothing to do with the movie. <laughs> exactly. That's why I'm saying it. it has nothing to do with the physical. Exactly. Anything wrong with that movie? It just doesn't have anything to do with this greater universe. Yep. So there's no reason reason to watch it. It's the same thing I'll say right now: is don't go watch the Ben Affleck's Daredevil because has nothing to do with the MCU. No, that has nothing to do with Daredevil. It has something to do with the fact that if you're trying to watch MCU movies, if you're trying to watch Ghostbusters movies. There's three Ghostbusters movies. There's one, yep. two, and two. Afterlife. Yeah. But until next time, right? Until I mean, next I time. Think, I mean, you just brought that full circle back to Daredevil. That's where we started off the air. So boom. <laughs> exactly. We got some episodes coming out too. Some pretty cool ones. So make sure you check out us on Facebook and all that stuff because it obviously has all that uh, information. Yep. Uh, end of this month, we're going to talk some Spider-Man No Way Home because that's coming out on digital. So Adam will be able to see it. Oh my we're going to talk some Batman at some point. Um, yep. Star you know, Paul, Wars. Yeah, yeah, Star Wars. Yeah. Paul's going to come back on. Paul and I are going to talk about whether or not to put your comic books in slabs or not. Ooh, so what's one. the benefit? What's the risks? What's the be different places to do that? All that stuff. Hopefully get the guys from Bangor Comic and Toy-Con to come on and talk about that. Last Ronin stuff. Um, oh, absolutely. Doctor Strange stuff. Like there's a bunch of cool stuff there's coming so up. much. Yeah. So, uh, and I'm hope we're hoping if everything falls into place, the first week of May will be Star Wars week here on yeah. Capes and Tights. So that's exciting. I'm deep into Star Wars, dude. I love it, man. I love it. Like I'm listening to music. Like, was like, have you heard of Life After? Uh, sorry, the Life After Death Star. It's no. Biggie Biggie's album, Life After Death, that someone took and put Star Wars music in the background of it. So it's like the Cantina band, but with Life After That's Death songs over it. So it's awesome. So well, check it hey, out, man. We'll have fun. I love it. I love that you're into Star Wars. I told Andy the other day. I was like, J like Justin got me so much more down the Marvel rabbit hole, and I was like, now he's falling into the Star Wars rabbit hole, and I don't know what that means loss of productivity mostly but, exactly probably um, <laughs> but yeah i know we don't really know how to end these things so we're just gonna you know, uh, awkwardly fade out